You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. song of victory, David reminds us that no matter how dark the days may be, he reminds us that no matter how painful the memories are, no matter how difficult a circumstance you find yourself in, we can always praise the Lord. This is a song of praise. It's a song of victory. It's a song of thanksgiving. It's a song where David lifts up his heart to the Lord and he recalls all the things that the Lord has done in his life. When you suffer a great defeat in life or are struggling in terrible hardship, you can still sing praise to God like David. Today, Pastor Dave will encourage you to praise the Lord with all your heart and rehearse all He's done for you regardless of the pain you're experiencing. Praising God changes you and causes the Spirit to come alive within you. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 22 as he begins his message, David's Song of Victory. Second Samuel 22. Okay, so every now and then, you come across the scripture that kind of does something in your heart. Now, I know most scripture does that for most of us. Most scripture touches our heart in certain ways. But you have to admit, if you are a student of the Bible, there are those scriptures There are those scriptures that just jump out at you, and they just grab you. This is what this did to me. This chapter, along with Psalm 18, it's so poignant, it's so meaningful, that it's difficult for me to put down. It's difficult for me to turn aside from reading it, and I've read it over and over again, and it continues to speak to me and and minister to me. And My prayer is, is that you would get that same feeling about what God is trying to say through his servant David. What the Holy Spirit is now trying to impress upon you about God's character, about God's love for you, about God's ways for you, and and his protection. And I just hope that you would glean from this. And I also hope that this wouldn't be the end of it, because we're going to go through it. We're going to get through the whole thing today. But I'm giving you just a taste. I really want you to go back And for yourself, read this. And see just what the Lord would speak to you about this, these verses here. And after you've read 2 Samuel 22, go to Psalm 18 and you'll read. And you'll see just a little couple differences in a few sentences. There's a couple differences. But see what the Lord would say to you. Because that's what Bible studies are about. Bible studies are basically appetite wedding. We're getting your appetite whetted so that you would go back and glean for yourself what God would say to you through these verses today. So let's dig into this together, shall we? Let's look at verse 1. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song. On the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. 
So one author I read declared that 2 Samuel was a book about burdens and bloodshed bracketed by praise. Interesting. In this song of victory, David reminds us that no matter how dark the days may be, he reminds us that no matter how painful the memories are, no matter how difficult a circumstance you find yourself in, we can always praise the Lord. This is a song of praise. It's a song of victory. It's a song of thanksgiving. It's a song where David lifts up his heart to the Lord and he recalls all the things that the Lord has done in his life. He kind of reflects on his life. Now he's old. He's getting older and he reflects on his life. And although many, many people believe that this was written long ago when David was younger, because there's a lot of things in here about Saul, it's believed that he composes as a young man it's also believed that he now takes this and he reviews it because he goes back and he looks how God had his back here. God did this, God did that. And he's reviewing this beautiful, beautiful psalm that he wrote when he was younger. And he offers thanks to the Lord for his many victories. He offers thanks to the Lord because our Lord is great, our Lord is good. He, he, he helped David ascend to the throne of Israel, which was God's choice. Now, he was well advanced in years, and the pressures of life and the hardships he had endured had taken their toll. And David had a full life, and if you've been with us since 1 Samuel, you know that David experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. David experienced all these things. He experienced these things with the Lord, and all these events took place and enabled him now to write this song I love the fact that it's called a song of victory. I just love that fact. Why? Because even though there were many times in David's life where he was victorious, but lately he had suffered some great defeats and many hardships. The death of his most favorite son, Absalom. The famine for three years. The long wars with the Philistines all brought David to his knees. And yet he could still sing God's praises. He could still sing God's praises. And many of you this year have suffered hardships. What we might call them defeats. I have. You have. We've suffered them together. And my prayer is for us that even though we are faced with hardships, and many of you are facing even adversity, you might be discouraged. You might be disillusioned. You might be disappointed. But even though, and some of us have even faced death, we can still praise the Lord with all our hearts. We can still praise our God with all of our heart and all of our being because that's what it's about. You know, James gives us a real hard command. Count it all joy, brethren. Count it all joy when you go through these various trials, when you're tested to the brink, when you're tested almost beyond your limit. Count it all joy. That's hard, folks. I'm not going to lie, it's hard. But see, there's something happens when you start praising the Lord. Something happens within your soul. Your spirit comes alive. And even though you may not want to, and even though you may be sitting there telling God, I'm going to go eat worms, I'm so mad, I don't want to do this, but you start praising the Lord, something happens inside. Something happens to you. You see this in David's life. And as we read through this song, we emphasize on what the Lord has done in David's life. How he was rich with grace, rich with mercy. 
how he took David throughout the entire years, and we should take this personally. We need to look at this as a personal letter to us. And as we read this song or psalm, we can conclude our name in there in place of David's because I think every one of you has a song of victory. Every one of you has a song in victory inside your hearts right now. And you can write it down right now as you look back From the time you accepted the Lord until now, you see God in every instant of your life, good, bad, ugly. You see him right there. And that's your song of victory. And that's your song of praise. And he is so due our praise. Maybe we should take time sometime to look back on our lives and record all the Lord has accomplished. And that's what David is doing right now. So let's look at the first block. The first block is talking about David's deliverance. I'm going to read verses 2 to 20. And he said, David, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The Lord, excuse me, the God of my strength in whom I will trust. My shield, the horn of my salvation. My stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So I will be saved from my enemies. When the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried out to my God, and he heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. When the earth shook and trembled, the foundations of heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down with darkness under his feet. He rode upon the cherub and flew. He was seen upon the wings of the wind. He made the darkness canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of skies. From the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen and the foundations of the world were uncovered at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of his breath of his nostrils. He sent from above and he took me. He drew me out of the many waters and delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in that day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Listen, deliverance is the key word in this psalm, and it's found in about six or seven different verses. It carries the meaning of drawing out of danger. It carries the meaning of snatching away, of allowing to escape. And and we, through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, have been delivered. And we're all waiting for that day when we are snatched away. When we are pulled out of this world, pulled out of this calamity, and placed into his marvelous light, placed in his being, placed in his presence. We're all waiting for that day, and we won't experience the wrath of God. Look at the descriptions that David uses to describe God. The Lord is, look at them, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, the God of my strength, my shield, the horn of my salvation, which means he's the strength behind my salvation. He's my stronghold, my refuge. He's a place where we can run to be safe. He's our refuge from the storms of life. He's my savior, first and foremost. Jesus is our savior. He saves me. Oh, he's so worthy to be praised. 
He says that in 5 and 6. When the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. David says, he heard me. What confidence David has in the Lord. What confidence David has knowing that when he cries out, God hears them. Do you pray with that confidence? You should. You should pray with that confidence, knowing that when you cry out to the Lord, he hears your cry. He knows what you're going through. He sees your sorrow. He knows the affliction. God was so concerned about David's problems that it seemed that David says, when he came, he shook the earth. When, when he came down to take care of my problems, this is only he shook the earth. And he pictures the Lord coming with him fast, speedy, like, like the wind. So fast he blew on the wind. David did not see God as some distant deity who was up there ruling and reigning and preoccupied. David clearly said God heard his voice and answered his prayer. He was able to see God's involvement in his life. You too should be able to look back on your lives and see God's involvement. See his hand involved in your life time and time and time and time again. We should look back and go, wow, I shouldn't be here. God saved me from that. Look what God did in my life. I, I can't believe it. There's no way. God was there all along. Even before Christ, he was there with you. As we pray, we too should anticipate God's involvement. We should look for it and be able to see it clearly with spiritual eyes, the enlightenment that he's given us through his Holy Spirit. And you know what? I've always said, be a spectator. It is marvelous and wonderful to watch God work. Just take a step back and watch. Oh, my. And then when you retrospect on your life like David is doing now, you went, wait a minute. I remember that time I was, he was there. And I remember that time when this happened. He was there. He delivered me out of that. And he delivered me out of that. And he got me through that jam. And he brought me here. And when you start looking at all the things God has done, you become this great specter. And you go, wow. Wow. God said, he sent from above, it says in verse 17, and he took me. He took David out of the waters and delivered him from a strong enemy. And even though the enemy came against David and confronted him, God was David's support. When the enemy comes against you, when the enemy comes for you and comes towards you, do you know that God is stronger than your enemy? Do you know that greater is he in you than he is in the world? We say that, you know, we always mouth all these scriptures, but do you believe it? Is it real to you? When you stand up against these enemies that Satan is throwing at you? Do you stand up against these enemies? No. My God is greater. I used to love Veggie Tales, but it said, God is bigger than the boogeyman. I love that. I love it. God is greater than all these things. All these things. God was David's support. God was David's strength. He was so much stronger than David's enemies, and David knew that as he trusted in God to fight his battles. In verse 20, special to me. What a special verse. We all believe that God can control the, all the calamities of our lives. We believe that God can heal illnesses. He comes against our enemies. We believe that he's advocate, but we have a hard time believing that he delights in us. Why? Because I know me. I know me. I know from whence I come. I know me, and it's difficult for me to believe that God would look at me and delight in me.
Wow. Wow. What pleases God? Faith. My faith in Jesus Christ. My faith in Jesus Christ pleases God. What a verse. But God delights in you. He delights in you. Psalm 139. And there's a couple verses I want to talk to you about in Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18. It says, How precious are also your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. How precious are your thoughts towards me! How precious God thinks of you! God delights in you! He delights in you. David had been in some really tight spots. David had acted restlessly and sinned against God. But God had restored him and forgiven him. And now God has brought David into a broad place. And you can read about that broad place in Psalm 4, Psalm 18, and Psalm 118. And through all that David had been through, though through all that David had done, good, bad, and indifferent, God delighted in him. Likewise, God delights in his children just as a father dotes over his children. You want to see a doting father? Put a grandchild in front of him. Oh, boy, do all the ball games stop after that, man. It's a whole different ball game when the grandchild comes along. My goodness. But the Lord dotes over you. He esteems you. He thinks you're the apple of his eye. Did you know that you were the joy set before Jesus when he went to the cross? You were that joy. You were on Jesus' mind when he hung on that cross and died. You were the joy set before him as he endured that cross. God delivered David. God delivered him. And in these next verses, verses 21 through 28, we see that God rewarded David's faith. God rewarded David's faith. Let's read 21 through 28. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands. He has recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanliness in his eyes. With the merciful, you shall sell yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you shall sell yourself blameless. With the pure, you shall show yourself pure. And with the devious, you shall show yourself shrewd. You will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty that you might bring them down. Now, you might get the idea that David's bragging here, but he is not. He's talking about the qualities of God, gracious, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in love, all these wonderful things that God is that David's talking about him. God delighted in him. David is not a sinless creature. We've read about David's sin. His sin was great before the eyes of the Lord. His sin was horrible before the eyes of the Lord. And he knew that, and he confessed his sin. And God had restored him, even though he had to go through consequence after consequence after consequence. All during the consequences, he knew it was from the Lord and continued to praise him. Continued to give him glory. Continued to give him the praise that is so due his name. He was far from perfect. We know that from our studies. However, David sought to please the Lord at every turn. And did he fail? Yes, he failed. And that should give us confidence. 
Now, you guys, I've said before, are much holier than I. You live a much cleaner life than I. But I fail every now and then. And looking at David's life, it gives me confidence. It gives me hope. When I say a man like David, a man after God's own heart, after he sinned with Bathsheba, after he committed murder with her husband, and all the other many, many things he did, God delighted in him. Why? Because David knew God on an intimate and personal level. He knew God's character. He knew God was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He knew God was a gracious God. He knew God was an awesome God who could restore him and who could take care of him. He wanted to obey God's law, but like every other man, could not. No man can obey totally God's laws except one, Jesus Christ. He was the only one to fulfill the law. But remember, where does God look? God looked right into David's heart, and he saw something there. He looked right into his heart. He said, that's a man after my heart, right there, because his heart was true to God. His heart was true to God. We've seen both sides of David, and the Lord rewarded him as a chosen vessel. We, too, have both sides. We do have two sides to the story. There was the B.C. days and the A.D. days, after Christ days, we have two sides of the story, folks. At least I do. But God looks at your heart. He looks within your heart and sees something special there. A love for him. A love that can't be denied. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him with that whole heart. It's interesting that David showed mercy upon mercy upon mercy to Saul. Constantly showed mercy to Saul. And I believe this was one of the reasons that the Lord was merciful to David. He had a pure heart. He could have killed Saul many times. We've read about that. But he didn't. And David knew he wasn't without sin. Some of us walk around and think we're without sin. I hate to tell you, folks. You will be without sin one of these days. David dealt with his sin by confessing it to God. He confessed it to God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what it says in John, 1 John. We confess our sins, and we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He knew he was not without sin, but he confessed the sin to the Lord, and then he accepted the consequences by faith, knowing that they were from God, and God was going to use those consequences to mold him into the person God wanted him to be. And we know all things work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. God used these consequences in David's life to work together for good. God uses all things to work together for good. David was a humble man. David never was a braggart. He never was a show guy. He was a humble guy. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. We see that in David's life. God is always faithful to his character and his covenant. And knowing the character of God is essential for knowing and doing God's will. You are a sure.
The book of 2 Samuel continues the story of King David as he's finally able to ascend the throne. Though he seemed to have achieved God's calling on his life, David's journey wasn't free of problems. David was still human, and he made mistakes that affected him and those he loved. But during the rest of his life, no matter where it took him, David remained a man after God's own heart. When confronted with his sin, David consistently turned back to his heavenly father, confessing and asking for forgiveness. David knew he wasn't perfect and that he needed the mercy only God could provide. Today, we hope you too remember that God's mercy is worth seeking. He's provided for you the grace you need to live free from your sin through the blood of Jesus. Jesus came to die on the cross in your place, taking the punishment your sins deserved. Would you like to know more about having your sins forgiven? Please visit our website then, assurehoperadio.com. Click on How to Be Saved to learn all about what Jesus has done for you and why you need His grace in your life. If you still have questions or would like us to pray with you, please don't hesitate to call us, 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in today. You can hear more messages like this from Pastor Dave at our website as well. Just click on podcasts slash radio when you visit assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for joining us today on Assure Hope.